Tonight's episode brought to you by Leap Spirits. Not only does August, and folks, August is going fast, but uh, not only does August bring the start of football season, but for fans of Leap Spirits and the Green Bay Packers, this month there's a special reason to celebrate as Packers legend and Leap Spirits co-founder Leroy Butler is being and was enshrined into the NFL Hall of Fame. To commemorate the special occasion and gear up for football season, Leaf Spirits created a Hall of Fame limited edition bottle featuring Leroy. This special edition bottle comes with the same great recipe distilled from Midwest corn incorporating a proprietary coconut filtering process that provides a vibrant fragrance and flavor. Not only is it a must-have in any Packers fans' home bars as we gear up football season, Dane, when it's gone, this bottle will make a perfect addition to your memorabilia collection. Wags, football season is here, my friend, and Leap Vodka has been recognized for excellence by industry experts from coast to coast and was recently awarded Wisconsin's Vodka of the Year to find Leap Vodka and Leap and Lemonade in retail store or restaurant anywhere in Wisconsin. Visit LeapSpirits.com and click to find Leap Vodka. See show notes for details. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Dane here as always with Wags. And folks, it's a tough day. Um, it always is cut day in the NFL Packers have shrunk their roster from 80 all the way down to 53. Um, Some, maybe some surprises, some not so big surprises um, with some of these cuts, but Wags, how are you feeling today? And let's just get right into it, man. Yeah, man, I'm feeling all right. And you know, it's always cool to get to that unofficial end of the preseason. So now we're going to be gearing up regular season football certainly a tough day for all the guys around the league especially uh these uh packer guys that we've been following closely here all off season and here in the preseason uh that did not make the 53-man roster but hopefully a good number of them will still have a job tomorrow after clearing waivers and, and getting some practice squad opportunities especially with these expanded 16-man practice squads so we'll find out i'm sure that a number of the guys that are not on this initial 53-man roster, will be still part of this team moving forward uh, once those roster decisions get made and the waiver wire process picks up. So um, we'll get into some of the cuts. As you said, Dane, I I think maybe a couple minor surprises, um, but nothing significantly surprising uh, as uh, these uh, cuts were announced today. Uh, but uh, before we do that, I want to kind of get into some other news and notes. So uh, I think the big, big news today, Dan, uh, not to overshadow the, the, the roster cutdowns, but was Mason Crosby uh, being activated off the physically unable to perform list. So he is on this 53-man roster, and it looks like all indications are we'll be ready for week one uh, at Minnesota. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a big deal, Wags. I wasn't, I legit wasn't sure if the Packers were going to um, be able to have Crosby coming into week one. I thought that um, kid in camp, Ahmed, that that had come in swinging the leg incredibly well. So um, wouldn't have been surprised if he 
you know, ended up being the kicker for the first couple of weeks and maybe Crosby, I kind of thought might go onto the physically unable to perform list for those first few weeks. Uh, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Wouldn't be surprised if the young man that was in camp uh, heads to the practice squad if, and a big if, if the Packers can stash him. Um, but big news, Mason Crosby, Iron Man has never missed a game in his NFL career. He's trending that direction again. It looks like he's going to be kicking for the Packers come week one in Minnesota. Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how Mason looks. We didn't get to see him all preseason. It's been a few, a while. I don't know if he's ever missed the entire preseason uh, or any preseason games for that matter, Dane. So um, hopefully not only is he healthy, but he's sharp. We can't afford uh, to go into a, a big week one uh, game, and, and they all count. Uh, but, you know, this could be a really close game. So is Mason going to be ready? Is he going to be at the top of his game right from the start in week one? He's got a new holder. He's got a new long snapper. And we're sure hoping, and it looks like this operation should be a bit smoother uh, this season. But we haven't seen any game action to have those three work, and we're not going to get it until week one. So that's going to be a lot of eyes on, I think, Mason Crosby, but not only him, but uh, Pat O'Donnell, Jack Coco, um, who congratulations, uh, made the 53-man roster as well. Um, So it's going to be a little nerve-wracking, I think, every time Mason Crosby lines up, uh, particularly week one. But uh, if he struggles a little bit uh, every week thereafter. So um, hoping, hoping hoping, being optimistic that Mason's back to what he was two years ago and that everything goes smoothly and that we don't have to be, you know, sweating things out every week because things get off to a rocky start. Wags, I mean, how wild is that to you? I mean, it's kind of wild to me that Mason hasn't, you know, they haven't been working on this operation. At least we haven't seen it in, in with, with it live, right? With with Jack at long snapper and Pat as the punter slash holder and Mason Crosby all at the same time. So um, to, to think that, you know, and mind you folks, it's not like um, these guys have done this ever before. Pat O'Donnell, new to the team. Jack Coco, new to the team. So it truly is. Mason's the constant, but he hasn't been there all preseason. So it's not like, okay, they, they haven't taken reps yet this year or, you know, there's one new variable, but there's three new variables really trying to work together. And it's such a timing influenced um, job of the long snapper to the holder, to the kicker remains to be seen. Um, You know, they're all professionals out there, but my goodness, um, what a time wags for these guys to all get back after it. It's going to be pretty remarkable that week one is the first time that all three of them are going in live game action together. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting for sure, and and again, we're hope for the best, um, uh, <laughs> folks. Uh, we see some comments coming Love in it. on yeah. our Facebook chat, um, or if you're on Facebook, YouTube with us live here tonight, or on Twitter, feel free to pop any comments or questions, well, surprises that you had for who made the 53 man roster. We're definitely going to highlight a few of those comments that are in there a little bit later in the episode. Uh, but Dane, before we move into some of the roster decisions. Uh, a couple other things that I wanted to hit on, and just looking at the shape of this team. Um, again, I said at the top, unofficial end to the preseason, or I guess official, however you want to look at it yeah. uh, here today. Um, and everything moving forward is preparation now for the regular season and uh, starting week one 
at Minnesota. And we had some news Sunday that Elton Jenkins all of a sudden was not practicing. Seemed like a one-day thing. Not really sure what that was about. Was not an injury. Uh, Apparently not a contract extension. At least that hasn't been announced yet. Um, So we're not exactly sure what that was because they don't have to disclose injuries until the official week one injury report is due. So all Coach LaFleur said is it's an internal matter. Um, Elton was on the rehab group uh, on the exercise bike all practice and was back out there <laughs> again yeah. the next day. So not sure how to read into that, but I, I would say it's good news. Um, and then certainly David Bakhtiari, it looks like he's ramping up as well. Um, Dane, we're not going to know, I don't think, for probably a good week and maybe not even next week mm-hmm. if either or both Alton Jenkins or David Bakhtiari are going to be ready to go week one. There's a lot of gamemanship happening already (laughs) right now um so i'm not sure that we're gonna know too much either way um that said there seems to be a quiet optimism i don't know maybe i'm reading too much into this i said uh in the last couple episodes and offline that i wouldn't be surprised if this goes a few weeks before a box back Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just going to go out there right now and just say there seems to be something um, in the works. And I'm actually going to be a little bit more surprised if both of them aren't out there week one, despite the fact that the Packers kept 10 offensive linemen. And you can read into the tea leaves of that quite mm-hmm. a bit to say, well, they're hedging their bet. And maybe that's true. Um, but I'm just getting a very gut feeling. Mm-hmm. that they're going to be ready to go. And and uh, so, Dane, I don't know if you have any thoughts. Uh, uh, it seems like the health of this roster, not only just as we go into a, a regular season in general, but just any time um, over the last few seasons is better than it's been in a long, long time. And it's, it's coming at a perfect time. Yeah. Um, Wags, I would agree with you. I'll tell you why. Um, we have no reason to think necessarily that that Bach is going to be back for week one or, or Elton Jenkins, but I tend to agree. Um, and yeah, I, I think that in past years, the Packers have carried what nine guys kind of out of camp from the offensive line. The Packers are carrying that extra guy. I would say that's probably um, Rashid Walker would be considered in my opinion, that the tackle uh, is probably the extra player um, right now there, but um, he was just really good, and I think he's got a bright future in the league, and they're trying to keep the best guys they can keep. That's the way I'm reading this personally. And keep in mind, that could change. Not saying Rasheed yeah, Walker specifically, but this could change tomorrow. Like, you it know, could change so, tonight <laughs> while yeah, we're talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They may want to let the waiver wire process play out for a little bit, and then mm-hmm. they can make another move or two. But um, nonetheless, um, it, that's interesting. I wasn't sure if you – we're getting the same feeling. And, yeah. and Dane, I, I don't usually just throw that out there because usually sometimes with injuries, I'm more on the pessimistic side, just knowing right. that the Packers tend to play these more on the safe side, Extremely. their medical staff. They, they tend to be more cautious yes. when they're, they're, they're making these decisions, but um, I don't know what it is exactly. I just, I just have a feeling uh, all of a sudden in the last the last week or so uh, that things tend to be tending in the more optimistic direction. So we will see uh, if that bears out or not, uh, I guess, in, in the next week and a half or so. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but um, then the next question isn't just 
you know, are they healthy? But where the heck are they all playing across the offensive line? We saw them play some musical chairs all preseason long. Um, it's a great problem to have. Um, but that being said, where do they all play? I'm inclined to think they go Bakhtiari at one end and they go they go out in Jenkins at the right tackle position and, and then they fill in the inside. But you and I have talked about the possibility of Yash Nyman maybe kicking out to right tackle starting over there. If Bakhtiari's back at the left side, Elton Jenkins. I just, I salivate over the idea of uh, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, um, left side of an offensive line. I just I mean, think it'd be remarkable. It's an, it's an exciting prospect to think yeah. about. I, I don't think they're going to do that just because they're going to get their best five guys. And they've got a lot of versatility, as you said, to be able to figure out how to get, those five guys out there. Um, so the, the real competition is not necessarily between Yash Naiman and, and Elton Jenkins, because Elton mm-hmm. Jenkins is going to be on the field. Like mm-hmm. we know that. So no, no disrespect to Yash. The, the competition is between Yash Naiman and Royce Newman and Zach Tom and John Runyon Jr. Mm-hmm. Those guys are the ones that are really, I think, battling it out to secure a, a spot uh, in the starting group. And, you know, Honestly, the exciting thing about this game is I don't really think there's a bad option. No. Um, you, you know, they could go in any direction. Uh, I think, generally speaking, Royce Newman was a little inconsistent as a rookie, but started, did he start all 17 games, 16 games last season, or all 17? I can't remember if it was all 17 or not. But um, I thought he really played well um, over the second half of the season uh, and he made some rookie mistakes and had some rookie inconsistencies. Uh, so I think that's fresh in some Packer fans minds. And they're saying, well, we, we, we don't want Royce Newman to be among that starting five, but you, you break it down the way that he played and they were giving him opportunities all over the place um, guard and outside at right tackle. So yeah. clearly they think he's, he's right in the mix. Uh, for sure. Uh, even if he doesn't start out a tackle, um, you know, they think he's going to be right in the mix at guard. Yeah. Same thing, John Runyon Jr. Uh, he's third year now, played a heck of a lot of football out there and played some very, very yeah. high level football, I would say. So um, not only is it exciting to have Elton and David Bakhtiari potentially healthy and bookending the outside uh, positions on this offensive line. Uh, I'm super excited. Uh, that didn't even talk about Tom. Um, he might be pushing. I wouldn't be shocked. Maybe not week one, but by week three, week four, would Dane, would you be at all surprised if Tom just forces his way, not necessarily by underperformance by any of the guys ahead of him, but just by sheer ability and what he's showing every day. I wouldn't be shocked if Tom forces his way uh, into that starting group as well. He reminds me of Elton Jenkins a little yeah. bit, actually. Just the, how he plays. He's a versatile guy. He's a physical offensive lineman. He looks like he can do it all. Uh, I know his pedigree isn't quite as high as Elton Jenkins was, but who cares, right? The dude just, he passes the eye test instantly. And, uh, and listen, injuries happen across the offensive line too. We're probably going to be seeing all of the guys we're talking about playing at some point this season uh, along the offensive line. That's the reality of the NFL. Uh, But the difference is with the Packers versus a lot of other teams is that, you know, after one of your guys goes down, you're going, "Uh uh-oh, really quick. The Packers, we go, damn, all right, next man up. And that's a huge difference right now. The Packers have invested along this offensive line over the last few years, not necessarily high pedigree picks, but they have invested a number of picks 
every single year. And right now, I think we're going to see the fruits of their labor uh, in investing because they have landed a lot of um, you know, mid-round guys that we think can play football. And I think Zach Tom, to your point, is the next in a long line of them uh, that, that goes back to guys like Newman and certainly John Running Jr., who I think is a starter in this league. Yeah, um, and David uh, Henderson says in our Facebook chat, best offensive line depth in the division. I Absolutely. mean, it's, it's I completely agree. I, not that I'm paying super close attention to, to what the Vikings and Bears and the Lions have uh, up front, but, you know, it, it is an exciting development because I don't know that we had question mark per se in the big picture with this offensive line, mm-hmm. but we certainly didn't know what, what David Bakhtiari's status was mm-hmm. heading into camp. Um Certainly didn't know or expect, quite honestly, I don't think anybody expected Elton Jenkins to be activated from the physically Olympic form list before the season. I think most folks figured he might be out until week six, seven, or eight. Um, that wouldn't have been a complete shocker. So it's it's really um, been quite a development over the course of just this preseason. And not to mention, knock on wood, because some injuries are probably going to happen. Um, hopefully nothing of the major variety. We, we deserve a little bit of good fortune here with this offensive line group, I think, uh, for once this season. Uh, but we've been able to stay really relatively healthy uh, up, up front uh, through the course of the preseason as well. So that definitely helps when we're talking about the depth, depth and what we have uh, with this group as we move into the regular season. So um, a lot of decisions to be made and, quite honestly, not a lot of uh, you know bad things that can happen. Um, another comment here I see in the chat, uh, suggested maybe we should trade Rice Newman. Um, I, Dane, I'll let you think what, say what you think about that. My, my only hesitancy with that is like it's tough to take a draft pick right now and, and deplete some of the great depth that we have. Um, maybe that happens after the season. That, that would be something that probably wouldn't be a big surprise to me or depending on if they work out, uh, which I expect at some point a long-term extension for Elton Jenkins. But, um, you know, that way you can – go in, go into your next draft, make, you know, replenish the position um, after the off season. So I don't expect necessarily that to happen. I know, I know we traded um, Cole Van Lannan, but by all accounts, he would have been caught. So that was just a, a shrewd move by Goody. Um, but um, what do you say, Dan? Would, would you feel comfortable with the amount of depth that we have to trade in a chip? And uh, if we got a, a high enough draft pick for Rice Newman, go ahead and make that move. Honestly, I'm never comfortable enough to trade offensive linemen. Um, <laughs> not when you've got Aaron Rodgers and Royce and is on a very low dollar contract for the next couple of years. And I think that Goody in the front office is always looking ahead. Yash Nyman's not under contract forever. Um, you know, how's David Bakhtiari look long-term? You know, dot, 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 all these other positions. You just don't know. So um, I think that they're probably going to hang on to young, inexpensive offensive linemen with a lot of starting experience as long as they can. With the exception of somebody like Van Ladden, but that just shows how deep this offensive line is, Wags, where you're trading a guy who's not even who's going to get cut and you're getting the draft capital back. It's pretty impressive how deep this offensive line is. But one of the most uh, physical positions uh, on the football roster is the offensive line. You can never have enough offensive linemen, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, Dane, anything else just looking at overall uh, with this team as as we get here to the end of camp and and get to the end of the preseason uh, that you wanted to hit on 
before we get into this uh, 53 man roster discussion. I'm excited to get into this 53 uh, for those listening on, uh, on Apple podcasts or, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You know, we do, we are recording this live currently on uh, Tuesday, August 30th. So we do have a live chat going with some really good, uh, I think input that we'll read off here in a bit, but um, no, it, it was a really physical camp. I thought, um, Larry McCarron, the great Packer announcer, was broke down uh, the, the huddle uh, a couple days ago, and he said it was the most physical uh, camp he can remember the Packers having the last few years, and I don't disagree with him. This is a, this is a team with a chip on their shoulder. The defense looks stacked. Um, there, we're probably going to see, as you said, Wag, some other roster changes, but um, after we get back from our commercial break here, I think we'll get into at least some of the cuts and a couple of the things that maybe surprised or didn't surprise us all that much. Yeah, absolutely. So let's take a opportunity to talk about our sponsor, DraftKings. DraftKings is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And to celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet being just $5 on any football game, and you get $200 in free bets instantly. Yeah, I, I mean, what a deal, man. What a deal. Uh, 200 box legs? Like, I'll take it, baby. Let's throw some cash down and let's uh, let's throw some bets around. And the Packers-Vikings is just around the corner. But week one in the NFL is always so exciting. There's always so many great games that opening weekend. Um, and I, we just give it up to DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, use promo code TP. PN uh, and and get your two hundred dollars in free bets when you put five dollars down on a game. It, it, it's really there's no risk in doing something like that. It's going to just be a lot of fun. Yeah. So go ahead and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Uh, use our promo code TPN. Get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly when you place a five dollar bet on any football game. That's called that's code TPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, Dean, yeah. let's dive into this 53-man roster discussion. I think we talked offline. We didn't put our name on a 53-man roster this year. Mm -hmm. So we can't claim uh, that we went 53 for 53. <laughs> but um, I, I think, you know, honestly, as we said, maybe a couple minor surprises. Uh, we, we saw some uh, in the chat, I think, um, uh, Tyler uh, Goodson, uh, you know Jack Heflin, uh, to name a uh, you know there's there's others to name just to name a couple, um, but you know you go on down the line here and it's clearly Packers had a process. Um, it's easy for us as fans when we look at three preseason games. That's a pretty limited amount of snaps mm -hmm. uh, to make an evaluation, and the reality is coaching staff and front office are looking at all of the reps that they're doing every day in practice. So um, with the limited information we have, I think we did pretty well, uh, but uh, it starts to yeah. get splitting hairs once you get uh, quite honestly down to that last four or five uh, decisions on the roster. And uh, maybe even with a couple of these guys uh, as getting into it, uh, perhaps it's just a matter of Packers feel like, you know what? They showed a little bit more in preseason for other teams to pick up on. Maybe that guy is more likely to get picked, snapped up. Um, let's, let's, uh, all things being equal, let's put him on the 53. Um, and uh, maybe we'll be able to bring this other guy back on uh, the practice squad. Now you've got 16 practice squad uh, opportunities or roster spots uh, to, to select from. So 
uh, Dane, where do you want to start? Uh, any, just maybe just where they devoted their resources, uh, any particular yeah. players you want to get it on? Well, you know, I mean, the, the quarterback group, no surprise with the two quarterbacks. I, I, I'll just dive right into the running back spot. I'm a little surprised they're carrying two running backs. Um, you know, we, we've heard uh, over the years that the Packers, especially in the last couple of years, they're, they're going to be, you know, running the ball a little bit more there. And we've heard the potential of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones on the field at the same time, uh, which is something that I really like because they're both really talented guys. And, you know, you want to get your best 11 on uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon at the same time seems like a good option. So, um, you know, the idea of not having a third back there, whether it's uh, Patrick Taylor or Tyler Goodson, it's a little surprising to me. Um, but, you know, you mentioned the practice squad, the expanded practice squad. This to me is a prime candidate for a call-up uh, from the practice squad going forward. And the Packers might do this pretty much every darn week. A running back might be called up into that slot. So while I'm a little surprised in the grand scheme with the new practice squad rules and how they're going to be able to kind of massage um, that position, it's not all that shocking, I guess. Yeah, uh, you just said it. I think you hit on it. And the fact that by all accounts, Kylan Hill, who Packers were really high on before he got hurt last season as a third running back, uh, has been looking good in the rehab group. So not sure exactly when they will be activating him from the physically unable to perform list. Uh, but, you know, they could go six weeks of calling up, you know, Patrick Taylor or Tyler Goodson. And even if one of them gets snapped up and signed by another team, either to a, a 53, which I seem think seems pretty unlikely, mm -hmm. uh, but even to another team practice squad, uh, they probably figure – the chances of both of them going elsewhere are, are probably are pretty slim, especially considering both of them know that they are very likely mm -hmm. to get game day opportunities if they stay in Green Bay. So I, I think they're maybe it's a, it seems a little bit of a risk, but I, in the grand scheme of things, I, I think they're looking at this as a short term solution. And um, and and quite honestly. Kylan Hill is probably going to be ahead of both of those guys anyway, once he's healthy and ready to be activated. Um, so they, that gives them a little bit of additional roster flexibility at some of these other positions. But Wags, Wags, is it safe to say, as we kind of talk about this, I think that, um, you know, every year teams go in and they go, Oh man, I hope our guys don't get claimed, but every team's saying that. And I think that, you know, what, at the end of the day, like very rarely, uh, do guys really get swept up and go to another team's 53? It happens. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It happens. But it's not like, oh, man, there's, you know, we're going to lose 10 of our guys right now. It just doesn't really happen that way because all these other teams have guys that they've evaluated all camp long that they think might be able to contribute for them that kind of understand the program, understand the playbook, and they're going to be using their resources to keep them on the practice squad. So some of these guys are certainly a risk, and we might lose a couple of them, but it's not going to be like a wholesale uh, everybody's gone that has been cut today. A number of these guys are coming back to the practice Yeah, squad. and it's not like there's not other running backs that aren't in the same position around the league. Right. I know we get a little bit of an attachment to a few of these guys because we're following them closely. Right. You know, heck we had Patrick Taylor on the podcast, you, you know, that, so, yeah. so it, you know, that, that happens. I'm not going to pretend that that's not part of it, but it, heck even Dexter Williams, who the Packers good apparently point. just have on speed dial look pretty good. In camp. So, <laughs> I, I mean, really I think, just hanging, uh, hanging think, out. <laughs> yeah, I think they can bring some other people in yeah. if they need to. So um, I, the only surprise here really um, for me, is not the way that the Packers did this. It's just that because we talked about other position groups that they might do this at. 
defensive line, cornerback, where they're really stacked with talent. Um, they chose to do it at running back. Uh, so they're, you know, obviously they've got a couple of headliners at the top. They're rolling with it. Um, and I think I think this will work out fine uh, for the Packers. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they clearly felt comfortable moving forward with just Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Uh, at the running back spot. Uh, I already mentioned that uh, enabled one extra position on the offensive line. Um, so was it Sean Ryan? Was it Rashid Walker? Both of those guys were draft picks um, and they were able to keep all 11 of their draft picks. So 10 offensive linemen, uh, uh, one more than they've kept the last few years. Uh, but is, does that have anything to do with David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins' status? Um, is my gut feeling wrong uh, about that and and that's part of the reason they they kept an extra offensive lineman do they to your point just feel like both of those guys deserved a spot on this roster and they needed to do everything they could for them not to get snapped up by another team uh, around the league uh, but either way um sometimes there's benefits to creating that extra roster flexibility and opening up another spot in another position group yeah and i i love this you know john john dorn what's up john um, thanks for listening. Um, you know, he mentioned Amari Rogers could be used as a running back. He also, you know, had mentioned um, the the cut of Winfrey as being a bit of a surprise. Um, I'm a little surprised that uh, Juwan Winfrey is cut at wide receiver. But Wags, you talked just a bit ago about you know when the Packers are keeping guys who are the most likely to potentially get claimed. I mean, would you put somebody like Samari Torrey who looked really good and popped, especially in that last game, but looked good all camp long. Um, you know, is he in that category maybe as somebody that the Packers want to keep over somebody like Juwan Winfrey, who's been in the league for a few years and maybe might be a little bit more of a, a system, you know, guy that Rogers likes, but, you know, less likely to maybe get claimed. I don't know, but it seems like he might be a prime candidate to be one of those guys. I, I, you know, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Juwan Winfrey gets claimed. Um, no. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I, Denver you know, could I, take him back, to be honest. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah, I know we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, but you know, he's not going to be someone that anybody's looking at as like, quite honestly, a high potential prospect right now. And and I think that's what it came down to. That that's what probably gave Toure the edge. He popped a little bit more, showed a little of explosiveness uh, that, quite honestly, Packers might need. This season, I don't know how many reps Toure is going to get out there week one. I probably don't expect him to get a whole bunch, but they might need him. Um, I think we've been saying now uh, we're not totally settled with this wide receiver group, and that's why I had been advocating for seven from the beginning. Um, we've got guys in Watkins and Randall Cobb that maybe are not having the best injury history at this stage in their career. Hope they can stay healthy this whole season. Um, They're clearly at the top of the depth chart right now. Uh, But um, we've also got some rookies, uh, Toure being one of them. Obviously, Dobbs and Christian Watson, we didn't get to see anything of the whole preseason. Amari Rogers, who you mentioned, uh, could take some reps at running back. I would really like Amari Rogers to be a consistent fed at receiver, but point noted. Like um, Mm -hmm. That said, we've got a whole bunch of guys with potential, but as Aaron Rodgers said, um, production matters over potential at the end of the day. And so I think keeping an extra guy that showed um, the ability to make some plays throughout the course of this camp and preseason in Toure makes a lot of sense. And uh, hopefully he can continue to develop. And at some point we may need him to contribute. Um, So yeah, a little bit of surprise that it was Winfrey getting cut 
just because Rogers advocated for him so strongly. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, um, it, it was about making the decision for who projects to have the longest term uh, impact and potential both this season and beyond. And uh, that's why they decided to go with her. Right? So congratulations to that young man. Awesome. Uh, I know yeah. that uh, certainly uh, he has been putting in all the right work and hopefully uh, it works out for both parties. Wags, I, I love our chat tonight. Uh, David Henderson says, you guys know the Vikings will claim Winfrey because they take most of the ex-Packers. I just like that's hilarious and accurate. Um, um, so looking looking ahead, I mean, were there any – no surprise really on the offensive line, right? Caleb Jones, I think, getting cut. He's huge, right? He's a big offensive tackle. He's somebody that could definitely be a prime practice squad guy. But I think – the biggest surprise maybe to me, and I think I'm more surprised than you were, um, was um, the Jonathan Ford, the Packers rookie defensive tackle, making uh, the team over Jack Heflin and Chris Slayton and or, and or Chris Slayton. I thought both of those guys in the games that we saw popped. Um, we talked offline. I, I want you to kind of explain your thoughts on the Jonathan Ford situation um, because, you know, good for Jonathan, but I'm just surprised. I thought Jack Heflin locked the roster spot after the last uh, preseason game. And I was mistaken. Yeah. I mean, and, and, but that said, Jonathan Ford had a good camp. So there was a lot of reports, particularly practice reports from Packer beat writers talking about Jonathan Ford, having some good practices, having some good reps, blowing some things up. So um, am I surprised he made it over Chris Slayton and Jack Heflin based on what we saw? Maybe a little bit. Yeah, I, I can agree with you. But that being said, this could be a classic case of what I said just a little bit ago of they're evaluating all the reps, not just the preseason game rep. And so it, it's not a surprise to me that he was right there. I, I think from what we saw and what we knew, we would have probably given the edge to Haplin and Slate. But he was right there with those two. Don't don't get me wrong. So I, this may not have been a very easy decision. I'm sure it was a hard decision hard, John, uh, yeah. to, to make between those three guys. Uh, but ultimately, uh, they must have felt comfortable based on the totality of those evaluations that Ford was the guy that had earned the roster spot and has the longest-term potential to help this team. So um, the fact of the matter is we kept six defensive linemen, and that is a position group that hasn't – really been a strength um, from top to bottom for several years. It's been Kenny Clark. Uh, you know, Dean Lowry's been pretty solid, but it's been uh, up, and, up down and down at yeah. times. I think it's a fair fair assessment. Um, and no disrespect to someone like a Tyler Lancaster, but um, it's kind of tough when someone of, of that skill set um, and, and uh, talent is getting major reps. Uh, every week it's it's been quite a, a development i think and the amount of talent that they've invested in this defensive line um so it, it was going to be tough sledding uh quite honestly for for Hefflin and slayton to make this 53-man roster from the start um we had Hefflin on uh for our podcast this off season i think he he was going in certainly didn't um expect to make the team just because he was on the team last year. Um, he knew he was going to put in the work he did. I think that's the thing that really sucks is it, it appears he did everything he, did everything. he could right. and everything right, um, and it still just wasn't quite enough. So I think that's kind of that's, that's one of the painful parts of talking about this, and I'm sure he's 
you know, he's got to be wondering what, gosh, what else could have I done? But really, I, I don't think there was much else he could have done. Um, it was just, this was a stacked group and it was a, a heated competition. So um, I expect that both Slayton and Heflin, those are two guys I wouldn't be surprised get picked up by no. another team and end up on another team 53 man roster as well. I think the Packers are lucky to get one of those two guys back. Um, but to, to, to your point, and if we're able to get Jack back in particular, um, count our lucky stars and he probably ends up on the roster at some point pretty quick as the season progresses. That's just the reality of it. Um, no surprises for me, the inside linebacker group outside linebacker, um, nothing really either. Um, I, I thought that um, it was just that was a battle behind yeah. Preston Smith and uh, and Rashawn Gary. Um, I had thought um, internally, I thought Ladarius Hamilton and Kobe Jones had both balled out. And I thought one of those two uh, in particular could make the team, you know, but I wouldn't be surprised if both of those guys are in the practice squad. Yeah, I, I hope they do. I, I really hope they do. I like and them both. They're good. It's another another spot where I have to think things were razor close. Um, I I had Tipa Nalei and Jonathan Garvin making the team only because they've been ahead on the depth chart and yeah. really hadn't moved off of that spot. Um, you know, both give Kobe Jones and um, uh, Ladarius Hamilton a ton of credit though because they were getting a lot of noise. They were creating a lot of noise all throughout camp. And so I, I think they certainly also have to be sitting there saying, man, what else could I do? But fierce competition. And, you know, I hope that uh, they stick around because uh, those are uh, certainly a position group where I wouldn't be surprised to see elevations and yeah. potentially you may need one or both of those guys to contribute at some point this season as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think maybe the biggest surprise wasn't the cut so much as the injury, though. And this is at safety. Uh, and I and I saw that uh, it's a question that came in um, from David Henderson about the safety position. Um, I'm I didn't know Sean Davis was hurt, um, so I was really surprised to see that he got. Uh, cut with the injury designation here um, that my jaw kind of dropped this morning when I saw that one happen because I thought he had a phenomenal camp I had him pretty much put in pen as the third safety for the Packers going into this and now all of a sudden the Packers go and they carry what five safeties going into the season with Savage and Amos and then Abernathy um, just a dark horse candidate right comes from the USFL awesome story a uh, guy's able to make some splash plays in the preseason and he sticks on the roster Tariq Carpenter and uh, Dallin Levitt um, from a former Oakland Raider. Um, so the Packers now were five deep at the safety position. Um, what are, what's your readout of this group right now, Wags? Cause I think this could still be a group where there's some uh, movement potentially to come here, especially with the five deep at the safety group. Yeah. I was expecting four. Candidates. There's been a lot of, you know, action. And this is probably the one group where, um, you know, what we've been seeing has been not necessarily competition in a good way, not because of underperformance. I, I don't want to get, misread that, but because of injury and just having to rotate so many guys in there. Um, heck, Abernathy only got signed because <laughs> of injuries to Levitt and to Darnell Savage and to Innes Gaines um, and on down Vernon Scott and on, on down the line. And honestly, you look at Sean Davis and Vernon da and Scott, um, 
started camp as the primary backups at safety, you're thinking those two guys have the inside track. Ennis Gaines was on the 50, uh, the practice squad all last season. You think he has a, a you know an outside shot as probably the fifth safety, um, and then all of a sudden they make a late signing of Levitt. Um, we've got a, all kinds of injuries. Um, you know, Tariq Carpenter and, and, and Levitt, I think by all accounts, um, really showed they're, they're very sound tacklers. I think they really like both of those guys to be special teams contributors, um, and they're trying to update that. Um, and Abernathy, I want to be cautious as I say this, mm-hmm. but it sounds like they, they think they might have actually guy. found a guy. So yeah. I'm super excited by that. Because yeah, he made some some impact plays, but it's like, okay, was that alone gonna be enough? <laughs> Clearly, they like what they saw in him in practice as well. And what would it be as a development, Dane, if all of a sudden, you know, uh, Micah Abernathy comes along, kind of like Rasul Douglas, and <laughs> and he's able to make an impact. Now he's not gonna be starting, but he might, you know, be forcing his way uh, onto the field whether in special teams or in certain packages, um, or if Darnell Savage is not fully healthy, whatever, uh, whatever the case might be, um, you know, I'm choosing to take this as a wildly optimistic sign uh, for how they decided to move forward with this position group. Legs, it's just so, this is the NFL uh, uh, to, to a T. If you'd have told me 30 days ago that the Packers keep five safeties and Sean Davis, Vernon Scott, and Innes Gaines, none of those guys make the team out of the five, I'd be like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. So it's just remarkable how quickly fortunes can change in this league. Yeah, and and quite quite honestly, if none of those injuries happen, they might all be on the team. <laughs> They're the tonight. five. You know, yeah. so it, that's right. just the unfortunate thing that sucks. Like for all of those guys, uh, I mean, Savage doesn't get hurt. Abernathy never gets signed. Um, and Levitt, I think, probably contributed to that too because he signed after both of those injuries. So he was supposed to just be a camp body, let's be honest. And now he makes the 53-man roster a few weeks later. So, um, you know, good for that young man. That's quite a story. Uh, But you also, at the same time, can feel a little bit of empathy for some of those other guys that certainly I don't think expected to make the 53-man roster, but had to feel like they had an inside track uh, when preseason began, and all of a sudden now uh, they're on the street looking for a job, unfortunately. That's just the cruelty of the NFL as a business. Yeah, it is. Um, but, you know, we talk about the 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 guys that are um, unexpected, right? You mentioned Abernathy. Perhaps the other guy who gives him a run for his money is Jack Coco at long snapper for the Packers. You mentioned Randall Cobb coming, or excuse me, Randall Cobb, Mason Crosby. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about our old guys on this roster. Mason Crosby uh, coming back from the pop list. And, you know, of course, Pat O'Donnell, a lock at punter. But Jack Coco, the Packers have rotated musical chairs at long snapper. And y'all listening might be going, why are you talking about long snapper? Because special teams has been a problem the last few years. And Jack Coco has been able to come in here, wins a job from Steve Wordle, and by all appearances, has stuck on the uh, initial 53. Um, you know, he's going to have the light shine bright on him because now he's competing against every other long snapper that's not on a roster. But for the time being, he is the long snapper for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he showed a lot of consistency day to day. It sounds like he's improving every single day here. So um, I think the Packers may have finally found their long-term long snapper in Jack Coco and good for him. He's a good dude putting in the work and we're going to need this special teams to get better. 
point blank. Um, so we need some stability in this position and as a whole with our kicker, punter, and our long snapper. Yeah, and another guy, Jack, that came on our podcast this yeah. offseason. So if you didn't hear that interview, go back Great. in the archives and check it out. But that's his plan. Another guy, he had a plan. And he said, listen, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. It's not just about trying to make the 53-man roster this season. That's step one. He wants to be the long snapper for yeah. the next 10 years. Yes. And I, quite honestly, if he's able to stick and make it through this season and play well, that might be something that has an opportunity to come to fruition. Not that I can get a crystal ball and predict 10 years into the future. No one can. But um, once you've established yourself, I think, at that position and perform well, perform consistently, you've got a track record. You know, that job is not an easy one to supplant. So um, so it's it's a big deal for Jack Coco. So very awesome. happy for him. Congrats, and Jack. Uh, I hope for his sake that uh, he will continue to get the opportunities to, to be the long snapper here for Packers moving forward. Wanks, what are we looking at now? A timeline. What do you think? The next few days, the Packers play in less than two weeks in Minnesota. Um, but I think they be, they're going to be active here, uh, churning the roster. They're going to start adding practice squad really soon here, I think. And then we might even see some um, active 53-man roster guys. Uh, I think that there, there's, uh, without naming names, there could be another three guys on this roster, four guys that end up maybe ending up on the practice squad as the Packers go somewhere else and, and add to try to get the best 53 they can find. Yeah. And I mean, it's going to be a continual process. It's not just before week one, after week one and all throughout the season, they're going to be making moves, um, adding, cutting guys from the 53. Um, That's just kind of the way that this goes, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a couple uh, of, of guys that they end up signing uh, that get caught around the league uh, to the 53 man, um, I wouldn't be shocked either if we assume that they're going to keep guys that were on the uh, the roster previously uh, re-signed to the practice squad. But I really wouldn't be surprised if they go out and try to to get three, four guys that were on uh, rosters around around the league to fill out the practice squad as well, uh, just to be bringing in a few different looks and and get some additional evaluations. So um, yeah, they're going to be active. And, um, you know, I think earlier in chat, someone said uh, to bring back Eckling. And, yeah, he's got the inside track, but uh, Tim Boyle got cut uh, from Detroit today. So maybe Packers try to bring Tim back. He's very familiar, yeah. certainly, with, with the system. Uh, not that you expect the practice squad quarterback to have to make contributions, but, you know, they're only two snaps away. So, um you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not like we're going to be a good position if we end up there. I, I get it. But um, I, I certainly think you're right, Dan. There's going to be quite a bit of activity. So I'll be curious to see how that all shapes out tomorrow, first of all. And because um, I think we'll see it may, maybe one or two 53-man roster changes as soon as tomorrow or Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So, Wags, anything else that you want to mention, you know, as we wrap this podcast up, it was an extremely busy day in Green Bay and across the NFL. No, man, um, I'm looking forward to getting into regular season football. Uh, we we haven't gotten to see most of these starters out there, aside from some of the younger guys. Uh, so I'm anxious to see how this team looks and is, is how ready they are going into week one. It's one game. So week one doesn't matter that much in the grand scheme of things. But I'll tell you what, I think the Vikings 
they're going to want to be sending a signal, right? Yeah. Uh, and the Packers have been uh, living uh, atop this division for the last few seasons. And I'm sure that with a new coach in Minnesota, uh, they're going to want to come out and make a statement. So we better be ready to go week one. And after our debacle in New Orleans last year, yeah. or I guess Jacksonville playing New Orleans, but nonetheless, um, hopefully we've got the right mindset and, and we're mentally and physically prepared. Um, and we'll have more time to do a preview of that game next week. But um, I'm just going to be really anxious to see how everything comes together and um, how healthy we really are, uh, particularly at the tackle position. And uh, if uh, Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari are going to be ready to go. That's right. And folks, we've got new followers, new listeners every day here. And uh, we will be back next week with, as Wag said, with a preview podcast. We like to preview uh, each game. We like to um, identify who we think our players uh, X factors are going to be each week. And then we, of course, do a recap podcast after games. Um, but, you know, we're getting back into football season. So looking forward to it. You're always welcome to join, jump on, drop your questions, your comments in the chat. We're reading all of them. We sure appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening tonight. Yep. As always, be legendary and go pack, go. Go pack, go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't the best sport, and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will say.